Best Female Actor. All right. Right now, at number one is Evan Rachel Wood as oh, Dolores, and that's not going to stay. No, that will not stand. <laughs> I'm going to throw her to the bottom. Please, please do. Tandy Newton can and it's stay nothing, where it's, she's at. It's for now. nothing against her. It's uh, the character. Like I, it was. It's, un- yeah, it's like I. It's it's not. Yeah, like I. It was unfortunate that I feel like she felt attacked the way women do on the internet when they are in stuff that men don't like. But oh no, I. Uh, Evan Rachel Wood. I don't think she's great a bad, actor. Yeah, this is just not bad not, character. Not a great role <laughs> yeah. um, this year. Uh, Amy, Amy Adams as Camille Preaker. I think it was just. Uh, yeah, these stay where they're at. Yeah, yep. Elizabeth, maybe Ma- not in that order necessarily, but Elizabeth Moth as June Osborne slash Offred from Handmaid's Tale. Ah, because I just saw the first three episodes, and Cecily's like. This is really bumming me out. I don't have time for this. Uh, really? The, we have, yeah, I, we haven't finished it. That story it. bummed her out, huh? That's strange. Yeah. We, females being treated as chattel in, yeah, uh, weird. in America. Um, yeah. I, it was, uh, so we kind of tapped out. I don't know what to say about that. Sissy Spacek as Ruth. Man, an interesting we might, one. We might have these in the right order. Yeah. We, we just nailed it. Got uh, uh, I don't know. I think this is an interesting thing to consider because she has like a truly standout episode and a best role in the show yeah yeah she's oh she's Except easily for, the best i do feel like she's just playing this role again and again and i've seen her like do this i've seen her with the same hairstyle now in two different things because she's also in uh homecoming uh-huh. right as julia roberts mom. with the same hair yeah mm-hmm I don't know. Kind of same character. I mean, I'm not saying she always plays she like a, have the memory uh, like problems. Alzheimer's amnesiac, but I'm saying like she's playing. I guess a lot like the same way. Uh, what's his face? Kevin Garvey Jr. Kind of has like found that's the role. Like he plays that in Daredevil. He plays that obviously in Castle in Rock. <laughs> Castle Rock. He plays the same guy in uh, the Leftovers. Like I feel like she's yeah. kind of rounding into that. But this is a good version of that role. It is, and it's probably the best thing in the show. Don't um, know it needs to go any higher than it is. Okay. Uh, Ray Seahorn, Kim Wexler, Better Call Saul. We talked mm. about this in the male category, that She's she it has some really volcanic scenes, uh, some really, really tough stuff to do. Uh, Kim is kind of like the now protagonist of the show. I feel like Kim is the kingpin, uh, or the Vincent D'Onofrio of mm. Better Call Saul, because she's... She's kind of that stoic, one-note character, right? And I'm not, like, saying that to take away from Ray's performance. I think it's excellent. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when she does unleash some fury, Mm -hmm. which is rare... It's more powerful for it. Right. It it really stands out. And I think Ray... Yeah, that scene with Howard is extremely raw and oh, dude. the scene with where you know she's fighting like at the rooftop scene in the parking garage where she's fighting with jimmy mm-hmm. uh, similarly powerful and uncomfortable to watch um yeah and, and i mean it was uh, a see, lot of this season yeah. was on her back too because like she had to kind of play that conflicted uh, i guess career desire yeah. in in her performance yeah. um just that unsure of where she wanted to land kind of thing. Okay. Which I liked a lot. Here's the thing. Rachel Keller as Sid Barrett um, and Legion is a better supernatural version of Kim Wexler for Better Call Saul. Uh, <laughs> okay. You know, kind of like a woman who very much wants to stand by her man who's a com- conflicted... You know, in, in Jimmy's case, he might be a sociopath. In Legion's case, he might be a world-ending... <laughs> monster rage monster uh-huh um and there's time travel 
So there's like a version from the future of her that she's playing that is try. It's 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 fucking crazy. And like I said, it's just it's just a better, more complicated version of Kim Wexler. Hmm. Uh, I like this actor a lot. Um, she's also, if you recall, she was the um, the the blonde uh, gangster lady from season two of Fargo. Mm-hmm. Um, she's really good. So I'm gonna put her above Kim. Uh, now here's okay. the other thing: is Aubrey Plaza might be even better. She is she so... was the standout in season one, I thought, and she's so much she's so much better this season. What not so much better, but given so much more to do and okay. so much more complexity and ambiguity. Is she, you know, she's, there's a little bit of like a, a kind of redemption arc, or maybe all the bad guys are teaming together against a bigger bad guy. Um, and this is awkward because. It's a very one-sided conversation, but right. I guess if I'm saying, okay, would you put Aubrey Plaza above the Rachel character last year of mm-hmm. Legion? Okay, yeah. then I think that she has to go above her as well. I think the performance is just harder to pull off. In fact, I'm going to put her above... I want to put her right there. Okay. I Frankly, I think Sissy Spacek is maybe a little too high because I think, I think Ray, so Ray Seahorn's probably... Okay. Uh, I... Personally, I like her performance better. Well, we're right here at Laura Linney as Wendy Bird in Ozark uh, and Julia Garner as Ruth Langmore in Ozark. Is she better than... Who are we talking about? Laura Linney is so reliably good. Yeah. That it's hard for me to, like, say, oh, yeah, this was a really standout performance for Laura Linney. But, like, where does that baseline get her? It's tough. It's tough. She does have a lot to do this season. She kind of becomes the driving force of the entire show. Well, so is Sissy, so do you think Sissy Spacek's better than Laura Linney in Ozark and No. Mm-mm. Okay, so she's good right at that she is she better than uh, Julia Garner? Man, Julia Garner. She has a lot of hard stuff to do this year oh, too. Oh shit, Julia Garner's the girl from Americans yeah. that really creeped me to shit out. Yeah. You you much like uh the guy who plays Wyatt, you're going to be seeing more of her. I can't believe she's 24 years old and she's still playing 15 year olds. <laughs> she looks so young. She does, man. She really does. Uh, it's wild. I, I want to say her performance is straight up not as good as Laura Linney, but God damn it. I mean, it's it's a 24 year old versus like a 50 year old. Mm. So what do you expect? And she'll be playing 20 year olds while she's 50. <laughs> right. <laughs> So I think I could drop her down the list a little bit. Julia? Yeah. So Sissy Space 6 better? God damn it. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, can we all agree that Maggie Gyllenhaal yeah, and Emily yeah. Mead, uh, yeah. these are the girl, These are the ladies from The Deuce. Uh, yeah, they go up. Eileen and Lori, they need to go way up. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think they hit... A wall right around Sharp Objects, the Patricia Clarkson. I think we should put them in the, at the top, and we'll... Okay. Because we haven't really sorted the top Yeah, Tandy Newton's not going to be number one. I, I right. know that. Right. Okay. Good good call. Uh, Carla Gugino as Olivia Cran. She's great. She's... Yeah. She's really great. And she's been, she's been great in genre work for a long time now. I don't know that I can put her higher than Ray Seahorn. And that's, yeah, I mean, I think the standout stuff she does, aside from just like a baseline charming uh-huh. uh, kind of level is like the scenes 
where she really starts to devolve like she's drawing the plans for the house and i i, 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 I will work. say that it's as unfortunate because you don't know this performance but to me i'm starting to think that this legion sid barrett is going to be like this is the next everything above this has got to be a next level performance mm. like good at a conventional character is not going to cut it uh so here's where i would put her number 12 above sissy space okay yeah i agree because sissy had the one standout right. episode and in an okay show but mm-hmm. okay uh violet mcgraw's young eleanor and okay so this is the counterpart to the door the oh, jonathan right. nikki this is his yeah. big-eyed twin sister who's just as adorable and just uh-huh. as tragic and just as tormented and haunted uh i think she's fine where she's at Okay. Okay. Big bombshell. I can already tell Julia Roberts is excellent. How as Heidi Bergman from Homecoming? How excellent is she? I have not quite a Gwyneth Paltrow level resistance to Julia Roberts. Okay. I have a bit like, of antipathy like towards her too. Yeah, it's just I I don't often get Julia Roberts Roberts performances other than she's an attractive woman who can smile yeah like look she's she's mostly charming but i don't think her performances are truly outstanding unlike some people on this list so I mean, the thing is i've seen her do next level a crazy shit so i could see her maybe getting it but like from what i've seen so in, far because i i like my mind draws a blank when i think julia roberts it's like oh really that she was in that richard gear movie I mean, yeah i'm thinking like some and of her she was in like in the night. brad pitt stuff yeah Heist, oceans movies like I think of her in bit roles. I, I haven't seen, seen a lot of leading. Um, that's the one where I can really think of her doing kind of like. I mean, this is my this is a manifestation of my antipathy toward Julia Roberts. I haven't seen many of her. Yeah, she wasn't that leading role movies. Um, well, I mean, because I think you're too like sure her heyday was the 90s and right. you probably were busy watching Adam Sandler then. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So. All right. I'm, I don't it doesn't sound like she's going to be crazier than. Uh. Than the, the Sid Barrett character, who is like, or I'm not sorry, not Sid, uh, Aubrey Plaza's Lenny's. Hmm. Oh shit, I'm sorry. Aubrey Plaza as Lenny is the ah. next level. Okay. So I, that's what I meant. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I could see her going above young Eleanor, certainly. Um, Young L- oh for sure yeah just mo- moving up. Do you one think spot. she's better than Certainly. okay? Let's let's find another la- level of Eliza Scanlon as Emma Emma Krellen. Is she better than her? Because mm. um, that's not next level, but it's pretty damn good. No. Okay. Is sh- shit? Is she better than Kim? That's another. I'm trying to find another common. No. yardstick okay i mean i better than laura linney this, this is where all my bias comes out better than laura linney uh no better than sissy spacek if she's not better than sissy spacek <laughs> then what the fuck i mean uh, th- look i okay. admit my biases about uh, so better than julie julie garner or is she fine where she's she's better than the she's yeah, better she's a hundred percent better than young eleanor okay all right uh she might Damn violet mcgraw yeah honestly you're, like, you're seven years old you'll get more roles <laughs> you're right don't drew barrymore it you'll be fine uh she's I'm only seven. fine Holy with God. the this way is, she's, she's so stacking fucking cute. up i'm fine with that 14 and 15 i don't want to uh, yeah just like this I but if you want to make a case for, nah. for julia either of the julias to go higher 
I'm all for it. No. Um, okay, so Zazie Beats as uh, um, Vanessa on Atlanta is pretty next level, but maybe below Aubrey Plaza's next level. And it's a comedy role. All right, I'm going to just I'm gonna put her right below Aubrey Plaza for now. Uh, what do you think about Allison Brie? Here's to Alice, Allison Brie and Betty Gilpin. I don't even know who Betty Gilpin is as Debbie from Glow. These uh, are you'll recognize her Glow. face when you see her. Nope. What? Totally don't. Who the hell is this woman? Where have I seen her before? You've seen her in stuff, I'm sure. Stuff and things? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, stuff and things. Oh, she in American Gods? Was she one of the fates? I don't ever saw that. Uh, I'll say that Allison Brie and Betty Gilpin as a tag team uh-huh. are not better than Julia Roberts, even though I'm biased. Really? Against Julia Roberts. Yeah. Okay. I don't she's, know about Zazie so Beetz. She's in a bunch and, of shit that I haven't seen, like Elementary and Fringe and Nurse Jackie and that shit. I'm feeling like, honestly, the only person that Violet McGraw is going to beat is maybe Evan Rachel Wood because that character is so unlikable. Okay, so what are you saying, Allison? We're going below Julie think, Roberts? Yeah, 18 and 19. All right, finally, Evan Rachel Woods as Dolores in Westworld. Like, are we going to be fair about this? No. <laughs> How does Zazie Beetz stay down here? Oh, I forgot the deleter. Yeah. Okay. I mean, is she better than Violet? She's not better. She's not better I, than Allison Bree. She's better than Julia she's, Roberts. She's pro- Evan Rachel Woods probably at least twenty, right? I mean, I think she's better. And uh, I think she's. I mean, if we're being honest, I and not just fucking mean for the sake of a bit. I think she's better than like Carla Gugino. Like I think. Okay. She's kind of at that level, and she's yeah. she's as she's as good or better than Ray Seahorn. It's just her character just didn't let her shine this year. Yeah. Um. I didn't think you'd make Evan Rachel Wood unlikable, but turns out you can. Uh, boy, I feel like we're getting close here. Okay, we haven't debated the merits of like the sharp objects women. Yeah, the top ten is uh, a is a bit of a mess right now. Yeah. Um, okay. And I don't know that Elizabeth Moss, based on three episodes, well, I guess it's more than three apps, right? Like, you've seen season one. How many seasons are there now? There's Three, two. four? No, there's two. Okay. So I've, I've, I see, and she's like really good in season one. Right. And I'm, she's just, isn't the start of season two and they're doing something radically different with her. I, I just mm. don't know. I don't know. I can't. I have a feeling she's not going to make the top 10 just because we okay. haven't seen, I haven't seen any of Handmaids and mm-hmm. you have seen three episodes of the season. Yeah. And you know, the users have a vote too. So they're yeah. the users, the listeners hate <laughs> the users. The junkies. Yeah, that bald move drug gets in your veins. Yeah. You get addicted. All right. Um, where do you want to start with the top ten? Okay. Like, should we look Let at it ask, say, let's, let's have a let's I, have a sharp deuce off. <laughs> okay. Uh is okay. First of all, Sounds is dirty. Amy Adams better than Patricia Clarkson? Amy Adams and Patricia Clarkson. That's tough. Because I almost think Patricia Clarkson as is good or better, it's just I hate her fucking yeah. guts because she's so good as Adora Krellen. But also, Amy Adams is a very complicated, very mm-hmm. complicated, nuanced, layered performance of of, of difficult. And I'll, I'll admit to being just a complete sucker for Amy Adams at this point. Yeah, she's, she's pretty good. She made one of the best movies of last year. She was in one of the best movies of last year. She's uh, been in, yeah. I, I've seen her. In so from I mean, going all the way back to her appearances in The Office, like. I'm just a sucker for Amy Adams. 
and she keeps doing better and better work, in my opinion. Yeah. Whereas Patricia well, she Clarkson... Stole, she stole Jenna Fisher's career. She did. Absolutely. <laughs> Jenna Fisher would have absolutely had her career. Yeah. But she swooped in and stole it. She, yeah. She outfishered her. The the man, the office stuff with them is so good. Okay, uh, so because I gotta because I, I got we gotta figure out who's better, Amy Adams or Patricia Clarkson. I, I think Amy Adams is better, but I do think that also part of that is just because a just Adora Krenlin is a fucking mm-hmm. shithole character. Um so I think she's number. I kind of think we should put her number one just for for now. Yeah, for now. Although I think it. there's some debates to be had at the top. Um, uh, so then, but I think Patricia should move right along with her. Really, up to, up to number two, and then we can debate. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's gonna be that kind of year. Because huh? I, I mean, I do think it's a super powerful performance. She's now, playing a monster. Let me ask you this. Let's talk about the Deuce. Yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal better than Emily Mead. Because man, they both had, both had good stuff, and CC wouldn't think, work as well without Lori, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. They play off of each other. I, I do think Maggie's performance is a little bit more subtle mm-hmm. than Emily's. Um, so, if you know, like Maggie Gyllenhaal plays uh, Eileen slash Candy, who is a former uh, uh, self-employed prostitute who, or street worker, sex worker who converts to being a director of pornography and she tries to be like an auteur mm-hmm. you know chase that 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 deep throat behind the red door I, I forget all the different like kind of uh you know more highfalutin porn of the late 70s yeah uh whereas laurie plays a porn like one of the first porn stars after being a working girl herself uh laurie also is behind seen... the red door is the next season of haunting of hill house <laughs> It's it's just yeah. porn going on twenty four seven. Maggie yeah. Gyllenhaal shooting it, yeah, directing Laurie endlessly. <laughs> um, I kind of like. I don't know. I really like Emily Mead. Uh, I really thought she was a big standout in season one of um, Leftovers. The Leftovers, and I think she was better than Maggie this year. Whew. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Okay. Now I know Maggie was like super high on last year's list. Yes, because her season one stuff was oh yeah excellent. Yeah, they they I mean they might fucking duel the next season too because they're yeah. I think the best things on the show re- respectively. Mm-hmm. So now question: Emily better than Patricia? I say yes. Oh, so we're talking man. about Laura, is the Lori better than Adora Roll and Sharp Objects? Oh God, even saying it like that, I don't know if I can. <laughs> wow. Is it going to be Camille and Adora one and two? I think that's a possibility. Yeah, I mean, we need to talk talk out Emily Mead a little more because I do think they're. I just keep coming back to without you know her relationship with Cece and how like negotiating the exit of that was tricky for the show to do. Yeah. A tricky for the actor to pl- the actors to play and, and harrowing for that yeah, actress. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very is very difficult and and she had, you know, like for CC to be like this like monstrous charming, you know, character, she had to play, you know, she, she had to convincingly show that like this man could be terrifying but also charming and you know, that, like, you're also supposed to understand that CeCe 
did a little bit of shaping her personality into the person that she is. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I just, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, know. even for the scene alone where she finds out that Cece's dead, like, that scene, right. that performance. Or her being terrified that, of being like, at the airport that he's, like, like disbelief to, like, the fear to disbelief to just sheer joy, that arc in in like 30 seconds is incredible well and her reaction at the bar where cc's telling like in front of abby like all the things he's going to do to give her like her night like her her you know to give her send off and then the performance in the moment when the yeah. send off happens like yeah yeah all of those things and, and then okay, like i can well, see needing counseling after that shit <laughs> after the yeah after being acting that out yeah, yeah. uh on the other hand, let me let me espouse some of the Patricia Clarkson uh, love here. I think she plays one of the most convincing familial monsters I've ever seen. Her? No, not even one of the most. The most. I've never seen someone portray such a real thing so accurately. Dude. Uh, Patricia Clarkson gave me PTSD on this role because, <laughs> you know, this show kind of came out yeah. like what, a month or two after I dealt with my mom more than I had in like a decade after oh, the death Jesus. of my grandfather. And I'm just yeah. like, I mean, that's not, it's 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 incredible how well she plays this vampiric narcissist character. It, right. I mean, from from the pure viciousness down to the yep. feigning the victim all the time. Like, yep. But I have a hard time because she's just so unlikable and terrible. And I think Emily, like Lori's character is so you like you really rooting for her. And uh, that is to me a valid, valid way to kind of like fork these differences. But I could also the more I think about it, the more I feel like Patricia needs to go up. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, I mean, it's an argument you can have. So I could make I mean, the, the argument. The, the idea that she could portray this so accurately and powerfully that, you know, it, it, maybe it's a little tongue in cheek, but you have PTSD well, watching saying, her performances. Like, but here's the thing: like, imagine if I was a teenage girl who cut myself. Like, I imagine yeah. I'd get the exact same thing from, or if you I. Would, but this or, is our list. We're not teenage girls. Sure, like, you know. Sure, not this lifetime. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm reincarnated first as a fly, then probably a jaguar, then a teenage girl. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's also, I think it's a hard, I also, I don't know. Is it harder to play? Because I think there's a lot of nuance of that adult child that's like, damn it, I'm not going to do this again. I, yeah. I've been through therapy. I've got my tools. I am not going to let this person get get in my cage. Or why should they? I'm a, they have no power. And you walk in this threshold and you're instantly 20, 30 years in the past and, and just slip right into the same roles. And mm-hmm. uh, and I, then outside of that context, whereas, she's whereas, playing. Whereas, but whereas Adora is just, she doesn't have any kind of introspection yeah. And every time she she rhetorically asks her husband if she's an awful mother, just so she knows he'll come back and be like, you're too hard on it. Whereas I feel like, you know, Amy Adams has to do a lot as a person that's self-aware. Like she mm-hmm. does terrible shit with the full knowledge that she's doing terrible shit and she should be better. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's to me the deciding factor. But 
And I think right. Amy, Amy Adams is playing more of like two characters here. You know, the, yeah. there's the character she is around Adora, and there's the character she is around like the cop when she's on her own, right? Like those yeah. those are sort of of the same piece because she is who she is, but like right. she has a different demeanor when she's on her own, and it's disaffected and it's right. distant and and you know all those things that her mother made her, uh-huh. but also very different. She's not playing kind of second fiddle to anyone right in her own scenes aside from her mother so yeah i mean it's a great performance i i don't want to take anything away from amy i'm i'm having a hard time with this and that's why i'm like maybe patricia goes up but i'm not sure let me ask you this how much of amy's role was um trying to find where what the was was helped by the young uh, sophia lillis's role like because like i'm you're right. She does play this Who duet. Is that? That's the 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 redhead from It that plays young Camille. Oh right. And, like, yeah. and I'm wondering, mm-hmm. like, you're right. She plays this dual character, but how much of that was assisted by uh, Sophia, who's also phenomenal, and like, you know, like literally sometimes would step into Amy's roles to kind of embody her shrinking back into a young person. Like that's you know that's little that's that's a little assist that she's getting. I'm, I'm just trying to make yeah, devil's maybe. art I mean... devil's devil's. Uh, yeah. What is it called? Devil's Project, Devil's Advocate. De- I'm advocating for the devil. Um, but I think it, the performance also stands on its own when you look at her in in the modern the, the modern portion of that show. So are you? I guess are you just trying this argument out for size that you want uh-huh. to put her above that? Because I I I, I feel pretty strongly not, but mm-hmm. like you know, maybe you feel stronger for. Her. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I feel so strongly that I'm willing to like make an argument to override your feeling on it. Okay. So yeah, we can keep those where they are. I I do think maybe we should talk maybe about Emily others. Mead and Patricia. Like I okay. know we kind of did a little bit. I but I, we we got sidetracked. Like I said, I would put Emily above Patricia, but it's a uh, it's more of a weak support because you're right. Okay. That I, the Adora character is a towering fucking villainous performance that's hard to. I feel just naturally inclined to want to separate the sharp objects just cast it's too here. Bad. Well, yeah, just because it feels like oh, they're really sucking off sharp objects here. Yeah, plus uh, you get a twofer, you separate the deuce, so it doesn't seem so matchy matchy. Right, but I do think sharp objects was probably the best thing I watched this year. And <laughs> on the back Not of my those favorite, two performances, best. Okay, I could get behind that. I we mean, haven't was... done the dramas yet, but sure. Yeah, I mean, God, I I have a hard time saying the Deuce was better than Sharp Objects. It's damn near a better season of True Detective than season one of True Detective. What? Like what is? I said the, the, the Sharp, Sharp Objects? Objects is damn near oh. a be- a better version of True Detective season <laughs> one. You know, like it has yeah, a lot yeah. of that same Southern fried Gothic feel. It doesn't like, have like the cult angle, the, well, but, but there is there is the really. kind of whiff of supernatural that hangs around this show because of like just the creepy setting and the fact that you know, like you've got these like Gothic archetype, these ladies in white that are abducting, you know, and there's this mm-hmm. kind of cult aspect of the teeth being pulled. Like, so I, I felt like they. In a way that I I think some people felt genuinely ripped off in season one of True Detective, where like the playing with the paranormal and the spookiness of the situation never felt like it was oh when when it turned out there was no supernatural, it never felt like oh well, I was expecting tentacles and shit. 
I was expecting <laughs> cosmic horror. <laughs> right. So where's Cthulhu? God damn it. Uh, I I, I think I'm okay with this top four. Okay, as it says, I put him. So you don't want to put you don't want to entertain uh, Lori from the Deuce over Adora. From I mean, Sharp if, Objects. if you want to make an argument for it, yeah, but I think that's a big hurdle. Okay, because Patricia Clarkson is What's, such a fucking. Let's monster. move on. As Tim Newton's not sniffing this top ten, or not 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 getting not not no, getting. No, I mean above. she's got like two standout episodes. One of which was right. Uh, Akichita's standout episode. So she can't go higher. I'm I'm gonna say this. I think Audrey Plaza and Zazzy Beats are better than Tandy. But probably okay, not I, better than Eliza Scanlon. I haven't seen either of those, Let me ask so you if this. you want to make that happen, sure. Do you think Tandy's better than Eliza from Sharp Objects as the young Emma Krillin? Krillin? Man, this is another one of those where I'm going to say I haven't seen a lot of her work, so I don't know what she's capable of. This role was really good for her, but... Well, and it wasn't like a one-note role. I mean, I think no, that's like it's not. You can say that shit about stuff like Amos from The Expanse, but right. like this, she's 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 good. Yeah. She's good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I man, I think Tandy Newton is probably not quite as good as her. Okay, I agree. Um, and I don't know. Like, I kind of want to put her. I don't know. Maybe above elizabeth but I, I feel feel bad judging elizabeth moss um, i'm sure she's doing just amazing work on that show i just I mean see it it's, all. it's almost like a fahrenheit 451 where we need to like eliminate this all together even though we recognize it, it's a good performance mm-hmm. yeah because neither of us have really seen it well and... we'll see she might like i said she might not make the top 10 by what everyone said because like here let me ask you this is tandy newton better than ray seahorn i think this is another rubber hits the road hmm. i say yes but like i think ray should go above elizabeth since i didn't you know yeah i could see them at eight and nine that could be very wrong objectively i just didn't see, i you know because she i don't think she turned on yeah. the, the uh she's yeah shit she was really good all season long last year um okay so uh, do we need to, I guess now the things is, is, uh, let's, let's go down the list and see if anyone needs to get in the top 10. Um, I'm not going to stump for Rachel from Legion. I, mean, I could, I could go with Laura Linney, but you Laura Linney that. above, That's a tough one. I'm fine with putting At her above 10. Elizabeth Moss. If okay. If you want to. Yeah. I think this is her season and she nails it. Okay. Uh, so are we going to try to put, uh, 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 Julia or did we, do we sort this appropriately? Is Julia Roberts where she needs to go? Is she better than Sissy Spacek? Did we do uh, this? We kinda, yeah, we kind of already did this. Um, uh, is she, is I, she, Evan she, Rachel did, Wood went from bottom of the list to up there and then she's dropping back down again. Like, well, so, okay. Is she better than, I guess if we want to sort this is, is Julia better than, um, Evan Rachel Wood? No, I think. I think those are probably like twelve or thirteen through seventeen are probably in my preferred order. Okay, with maybe the exception of swapping Sissy Spacek and Julia Garner, but like I'm not going to fight hard because I don't think either of them are going to be in the top ten. No, I, yeah, like I, is anybody? That's why I was saying is like I was looking is like can Julia Roberts get to the top ten? That she has a plausible, nah. and I don't. I think nah. the top ten's pretty. I actually really like the top ten. 
Yeah. So right now we got top 10's hot. Amy Adams as Camille from Sharp Objects is one. Patricia Clarkson as Adora Krell and her mother, Sharp Objects two. Emily Mead as Lori from The Deuce. Maggie Gyllenhaal as Eileen from The Deuce. Uh, Aubrey Plaza as Lenny from Legion. Zazie Beetz as Vanessa from Atlanta. Eliza Scanlon as Emma Kremlin for Sharp Objects. Tanya Newton as May from Westworld. Ray Seymour as Kim Wexler, Better Call Saul. Laura Lenny as Wendy Bird from Ozark. Are we happy with this, Jim? I think so. Okay. There we go. Okay, we got some new categories. That's uh, a fun one. Baldies. Worst Career Suicide with Kevin Spacey, Louis C.K., Kevin Hart, Roseanne Barr, James Gunn, Philip Mushin? Mushin, I guess, is what I would say. Who's an IGN game reviewer in parentheses. I'm glad you supplied that context because I have no <laughs> fucking clue who this guy is. Uh, do you want to talk to these, about these guys individually? Start from the top and work our way down? I think we should. I, I feel like Maybe this is going to be a category that has legs in future years, too. Yeah. This one might I hang around. I don't think that we are done scraping the bottom of the barrel of the, <laughs> no. of the entertainment business. Because, for, for example, sure. um, my old friend uh, Brian Sanger ah, he's looks like he's finally going down for what seem, feels like has been an open secret for like 20 years in Hollywood that he propositions underage young men and, uh, you know, maybe maybe even worse than propositions. Uh so let's talk about 2018's career suicide. We'll go from the reverse order because I don't know. I, I want to start out with uh, maybe some small fry, or maybe he's a big fry. This Philip guy, IGN game reviewer. What the fuck did he do? Yeah. So this probably doesn't belong in the category. Who did he kill he's and not, or rape? Uh, no one. Okay. No one. All right. Which to me says he can't be at the top of this list. list. Yeah. Uh, so he is like it says an IGN game reviewer who got caught plagiarizing one of his reviews oh, and it turned we, into a big scandal. Are we talking about actual ethics in game journalism? We are. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so yeah, it's not cool. People, people noticed, Hey, you basically ripped this exact language from other people's review for this particular review. And, uh, he, it was big and high profile because he's works for IGN, uh, which is probably the biggest gaming site or yeah. maybe the biggest entertainment site period on the internet. Wow. Uh, they're huge. Now, he got on to YouTube and tried to defend himself saying, look, I didn't plagiarize this. Game reviewers do this all the time. Like, we have similar thoughts on games because, you know, whatever, whatever. Uh, I didn't steal the he, joke. It was we just had the parallel thought. Yeah, right. Kinda. And, and then he had the audacity to tell people, look, you go out and I dare you go out and try and find stuff that I've plagiarized because I don't plagiarize shit. Oh, why would you dare? Why would and you so, dare? As you would expect, the internet ganged up on him, went through, combed through, like with d- fucking AI algorithms to find like shit on the internet and search the web for exact language, and they found a ton. I mean, of there instances. are tools like that that like they use in academia to do. So like, I imagine yeah. like you piss off a associate professor, and they're <laughs> right. just like, you know what, fucker, I'm gonna feed a thousand URLs into this and tell exactly how much of the shit that you you steal. And that is exactly what happened, and he got caught hardcore ign mm. fired his ass he's basically blackballed from all of games journalism at this point and probably journalism and, and probably journalism do, like as if you're a whole. Thir- in yeah. your mid-30s and you've been a game journalist for 15 years what the fuck do you do if you yeah you switch careers you got to yeah but that's not e- that, no like... it's hard and, it, and fuck that guy like yeah true i don't care that it's hard yeah you're right he, he brought it on himself yeah. like why? Years I of plagiarizing. I guess it's because like the first time you do it is probably really high stakes and scary, and then 
you just keep doing it and keep doing it and you never get well, caught. Well, you get away with it, yeah. And then it's like so much easier. It's like rather than trying to find, like, but how, let me ask you this. What kind of plagiarizing was he doing? Was he like stealing like lines and bits or was he? Yeah, I, I think he was stealing like exact language from from people's reviews. Like straight up the, the definition think, of plagiarism. Was he stealing like obscure shit or like, because I feel like that, how did, how long was he doing this? How long did it take him to get caught? I think it was like stealing from, uh, like, like smaller games. Like sites. Reddit comments? like it, Stuff like that, yeah, yeah, like on that level. Actually, probably not even that high a level, just like individuals' game review sites and stuff. Huh. Which, I don't know. If you're going to build your career on that quicksand, then you deserve to be sucked under when it all comes unraveled. Yeah, because it is. It's it's like that's one of the hard things about writing is come up with unique, mm-hmm. especially when you're like industry writing. Like I used to read Motorcycle like magazines and it's there's only so many ways you can say this thing accelerates stupid fast when you right arm stretching pavement rippling <laughs> log pulling like it's like there's always so many ways you can say this Eye thing's watering. got yeah. insane power to weight ratio right it's like right. jaw dropping graphics eye popping gra- like yeah i i, I get and it. it would be one thing if like they use the same term like that right but it was like big blocks of text. Okay, so it's it's not just phrases. Pulled. He was just like, yeah. I need a review for this. And I don't have time to play. Like he pulled it, opinions. So. Like, well, I don't have an opinion on this because I haven't played it or whatever. So I'll just pull this opinion and wow, and post it. Wow. And, and it was for a huge gaming website. Right. So, so yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Uh, and I think he's gonna be at the bottom of this list because he's a gamer. Yeah. Uh, he's a games journalist as opposed to like being in our form of media. Yeah. Which all the rest of these are. Um, so James Gunn is an interesting one because here's my perspective and I know I'm <sighs> this not is rough. Um, and, and it's, it's easy for me to have this perspective because he's never said anything to actually directly hurt me or made me feel unsafe. But this guy was like a lot of us, I think ed- an edge Lord in his day and did a lot of like, uh, attention grabby, insensitive takes and hot takes and opinions on Twitter this blew up on him back originally when he inked Guardians. So we're talking four or five years ago, and he repudiated his past views, said that they don't reflect my opinions anymore, and I've changed and grown as a person. And I, from all accounts, that he actually like said it's uh, like apologized. I think the Glad back in the day, mm-hmm. and uh, as far as I could tell, sin no more. Um, and then what happened is that these like a bad faith actors, Mike Chernovich asshole who is a far-right uh goon on twitter who has been known for finding people that have these like you know skeletons in their closet uh going back and the exact same tweets he got and and was absolved for and apology accepted and got fired from guardians of the galaxy yeah Um, and i feel like you can't talk about this with also without also talking about the roseanne Barr stuff because it did feel tied up in that right like as a I, I backlash. Think, yes. I do think there's a there's a bit of a... Yes, because you're right. Like, James Gunn was essentially tit for tat for Roseanne. Now, right. Roseanne, right. who might actually be crazy, who might actually have a diagnosed mental disorder, who she should be taking medicine. She could be uh. a Kanye here. Um, but unlike Kanye, who's, I guess, like, you know, he's... If if every record label dropped him tomorrow, he could self release something and make money. Mm-hmm. Roseanne Barr is uh, her 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 director boss was a black woman, and she said a bunch of unflattering things about her, mm-hmm. and has a long history of of being kind of like race baiting and having kind of what I think ill informed and odious opinions. And more importantly, this is something she was doing. Yeah. 
um, while she was doing kind of like this MAGA show in Hollywood anyway. So I did me. I think that I think they're the, the cases are night and day. I, I agree. I think James Gunn, James Gunn, in my mind, is not innocent, but penitent. Like, yes, you how anything you can say about James Gunn, you could say about me 10 years ago. Yeah. And and I yeah. haven't scrubbed them. Maybe I should maybe, maybe. But I guess I, my thing is like, you know, I talk about this stuff all the time. I talk about how I really have genuine shame and remorse of how I act. But like that, honestly, a lot of the a lot of the kind of a like like homophobic, transphobic environment that exists on the Internet was built by people like me that probably feel bad about it now. Maybe they don't do enough to to uh, try to reverse that. But I'm, I'm not, I guess I'm not scared because I can't imagine being a, as a hope high profile as James Gunn and. <laughs> But like, I just wondered, like, if someone like a bad faith actor came and be like, "Well, look at Aaron. He's I right. found his real name, and here he is arguing very shittily and annoyingly against uh, uh, gay equality." I wouldn't have any defense other than like, "Shit, I've really That's tried hard years to, ago. Yo. I've really high. I've really tried hard to to work that back." And yeah. I do think that there is going to be like James Gunn. There's going to be casualties because, um. You know, like Disney is just not going to fight this this fight. Um, Disney is not going to. Um, they're they're not a corporation that's going to be like think a lot like well we got this outrage of of of, of uh, audiences that we try to cater to and we can't have that and we need to get out in front of this right now and maybe if they'd waited a week to made that decision. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't like. He is like a, the anomaly on this list to me. Right. And this thing is Although like I don't know anything about the Kevin Hart stuff. So it's I mean. career murder. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. So <laughs> okay. like the other thing is like I don't yeah. like is that like this this Mike Sir Cernowich is he doesn't give a shit about what James Gunn did. He just wants to, you know, like like oh you're going to use this weapon against us. We're going to use it against you. And mm-hmm. the context doesn't matter. The person's personal context doesn't matter. Their last five years or how like that I don't. I don't like it. If James Gunn was being actively shitty and, uh, you know, some some gay person or a woman want to call him out for being sexist or homophobic, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But this might like I guarantee he hates fucking gay people. He hates trans people, probably hates races, probably hates Jews. This guy talking about the Chernovich guy, the guy. Yeah, this guy is trying that's taking that James Gunn and these other guys. I don't doesn't I don't like it. I don't I don't like uh, these wep- the 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 weapons of like compassion and empathy being turned against. I think a good person. But like what I, I said, yeah, I mean, I think what I don't like about this is that the statute of limitations doesn't exist on being an asshole. Yeah, uh, it should. People change drastically over their lifetimes, and I think like it's one thing if James they get Gunn more educated, less ha- ignorant, had the shit in his like past, and he just ghosted it, like never addressed it, and just pretend it never happened. Like yeah. it's legit to be like, "What the fuck? You used to think this. What changed? And how?" Well, it's fair to assume that maybe he thinks the same thing if he doesn't come right. out and say, "I," or I he's these not talking about it because he knows it's not politically correct. But I don't. That's right. not. That's not what happened here. Yeah. Um, so Roseanne Barr, we talked about that. Do we want to talk about it more? Uh, no. I mean, if we're, what are we doing? Like a top three here? Yeah, because you're to... gonna have to like explain to me the Kevin Hart stuff. I don't okay, know. Okay, so about Kevin that. Hart has um, oh, is he this over a, the hosting? He was the, hosting uh, okay. the Oscars, right? And then mm-hmm. it came like some people said, well, he's had some very problem. Like he said stuff like, if I had a gay son, I'd 
kill him, I think. Oh, boy. Or, like, I'd feel like I was a failure as a father if I had a gay... Like, Kevin Hart is a comedian? Because here's the thing. It's hard for me to think that a man that exists in 2019 would say... Because, like, there's there's so many things wrong with that statement. Number one, the fact that you'd be ashamed of, it, of, of having a gay son. But number two, uh-huh. the act that, like... Anything you did as a father, like this is going back to like this, this guy turned out to be gay because of choices he made rather than the way that they were born, which, which like, like that's like a 10 or 15 year old statement to make. Like, and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's things that he's never repeated. In fact, when it was brought to his attention, he went in full defiant mode. Like, yeah. I don't, I was just a joke and you can say whatever and all people are too touchy and this was a bit like, yeah. I don't know. Saying you're being ashamed if your son turned out gay doesn't seem like a joke. No, I mean, I, I am inclined to give comedians a little more latitude. Right. To, to just shock people sometimes. Right. Uh, and people should have room to grow. Like, I can see, like, if, like, 10, 15 years ago, you're like, oh, man, what if my son turned out gay? That would be a hard thing to deal with. Or I don't, like, ah. But, man, like, yeah. I, what circles does he travel in that he's this far out of touch? Yeah. I mean, certainly in the the times that we live in that is less of a joke than it is an offensive statement right and to not like the other thing Even is like if he thinks it's a joke and to do to, to, to instead of, like at this point i think if anyone accuses you of anything your best strategy is to like you know at at worst you've given me a lot to think about and i need to i, I need to really process and think about and i'm you know but to just be like you know fuck y'all you're <laughs> just haters for this kind of stuff like I feel like this. I, I don't think it's career suicide because, like, I think that any of the, like, all of these guys on this list, and even Kevin Spacey, which we're about to get to, oh, dude, are no more than five years away from being relevant again. They're no more than a rehab. They're they're more that they need rehab and like a Barbara Walters interview or Oprah looking stern at them for a half hour and sweating their, and they'll be back in which yeah the power of celebrity is yeah exactly that powerful I mean, Kevin Hart's got a little bit tougher a path as a black man but like mm-hmm. all and and Roseanne Barr is a woman honestly um but all these people have a path back in because. If you make money and and you put yeah. butts in seats, you'll you'll eventually be forgiven. Uh, Louis C.K. There's an interesting one too. So Louis yeah, C.K. talked about the guy who I think he was apologetic, right? But I don't. I think, think that apology people, was accepted. I think a lot of it was more. It, he was like the last of that wave to try to do the. I'm sorry that people were offended, and oh, I, yeah. you know, it was a That's kind a of a. Look. It was a, and also like the fact that Louis had been calling these women liars mm-hmm. and refusing to yeah. address it for years, which, you know, that's 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 what the term gaslighting means. Yeah, that's when, why your apology isn't accepted. <laughs> yeah, like you can't even come clean and be like, ah, you know, I'm I'm fucked up and, you know, I've joked about it a lot, but the reality is I, there's so... It's... I, I feel like it's stupid easy to have America forgive you and the fact that... And, and then, like, less than a year later, this guy just starts working his way back into comics and have you mm-hmm. seen some of the shit that he's got in his set? I've heard that his jokes have not become any less offensive. Well, and they're more, like... The butt of the jokes are kids being shot at schools and their parents, right? And how how sensitive you have to be. Like, come on, man, mm-hmm. come on. I've heard you. I've heard you very thoughtfully articulate about the difference of of diff- these humor on your show, Louis. That was very thoughtful and tackled issues like this. How can how can you be so bad? Maybe this guy's just really. I don't. I don't. 
just shit like this makes me think that this guy is never a good guy. He was like decided that this shit was the way to go to get a bigger fan base. Mm-hmm. But like the second it bit him in the ass, instead of being like, oh, God, I'm such a hypocrite. I, he just rolls into like, oh, people are too sensitive. And I didn't ruin those women's careers anyway. And yeah, you like he almost gets to... resentful of his own audience. Yeah. Like, oh, you, you you're you're being too hard on me and you don't get it. And right. Like, yeah, it feels very defensive. No, I was really looking. In the I, wrong I honestly way. thought Louie would come back after a couple of years and have like a really funny take on like this toxic shame that men feel about sexuality and the fucked up things it can do. And like maybe that, but the him to come back like this is really just disappointing. Or at worst, like um, like Dave Chappelle comes back and he's got some creaky thoughts on like transsexuals, uh, transsex people, but like he's manifestly also saying like, but I really don't know what I'm talking about. And I'm also kind of like jealous. Cause I feel like that, you know, black people are in this kind of cultural place. And I see like trans and gay people like really progressing in like, like, like from, from a guy, from a black man's perspective, seems like they're moving at light speed. And at, at mm. core, I just, I don't understand. I'm jealous. And that's like, that's something you can work with. Like, Hey, I'm trying, I actually want to be on your, I want to be on your side. I want everyone to have human dignity. I just don't know what I'm doing. That's more defensible than Louis. Ha ha. These kids, like, why should I care about a kid who is faster than a fat kid that got shot? Like, that's just cruel. So Lucy K, uh, Again, we'll probably be a superstar in three more years, but I'm very disappointed. And then <laughs> Kevin fucking Holy Spacey shit. came out of nowhere to snatch worst career suicide <laughs> from these other fools. In my mind, his follow up video alone puts him firmly at number one. So can one. you talk about did did you did you did you see the I, video? So I never watched it. I read a full description of okay. it. Uh, I have watched it. Okay, so from what I gather, from what I have read, this was essentially a video that he put out... On the day he was arraigned for rape charges. Uh-huh. Okay? He inhabited his character, Frank Underwood, yes. from House of Cards. The, the video's and, title is called Let Me Be Frank. <laughs> Which, okay, good pun. Yeah, good no. pun. I like the pun. I like nothing else about it. Everything uh, about this was executed to the nth <laughs> level, except for you're missing a heart. Which, yeah, so he gets on the camera and basically says, you want me to be this guy. Uh, You actually, if he's essentially telling him, like, look, if I'm convicted and I get taken down for this, you're going to miss me. Yeah. Which, I mean, say what you want about Louis C.K. coming back with some bad jokes. I mean, this is Kevin Spacey saying I'm above your cultural law essentially not only was he kind of playing this like well maybe who who knows what's true nowadays and you run ahead but he also was like but what if but if i did it would have been so bad right yes motherfucker if you've raped people it's really bad yeah it's fucking terrible and and no we're not gonna like you if if that's true like right i i can't imagine a bigger self-destruction i mean what what was he? Do you think that he? I mean, I, the only thing I can think of is the world's so fucked up. There's an element of society yeah. that would almost embrace him at that level. No, it feels like this is the heel turn for Kevin Spacey, where yeah. where he says, "You know what? Fuck all of you liberal people. I don't need you. Mm-hmm. I've got my other crew, right. and I'm going to roll with them now." Right. The people that don't believe that that think women make shit up, or and especially yeah. gay, like if you can't trust women, gay men, am I right? Like. 
I don't. I mean, it's zero remorse. It's zero. It's the opposite of remorse. I, yeah, I, it's like anti remorse. Right. I mean, tell, calling it zero remorse means it, he just didn't say he's sorry. No, he said I'm not fucking he's, sorry. He's and King in fact, Joffrey, I like he's that King, I did it. He's King Joffrey giving a royal proclamation about what a shitty is and how everyone should think it's great. Yeah, and how this is the person you've like. You liked it when I cut off Glyneth Paltrow's head, so you'll love it when I rape a 16-year-old boy at an Oscar party. Like, and, and what the fuck, dude? We're, like, laughing and smiling about this, but what other what? option do we have? It's yeah. so fucked up. Like, this is the evil person's version of, like, a monk setting themselves on fire. Yeah. Like, you are making a, but you are making a statement, and everyone's hearing you. We're just... I mean, Ke- Kevin Spacey dead to me. Like, yeah, no. It, uh, There's the, no way the, he comes The moral back. stand of not watching his movies, period. Uh, for for now until he's dead. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I'm taking. And like, I do think that, like, watching... Because I watched all of uh, the last season, I assume the last season of House of Cards. Without uh, him, right? It, yeah, like, over Christmas break. So after this debacle had happened, I think... Ah, okay. And it was what was it was kind of cathartic because they took a scalpel and they surgically excised Kevin Spacey. Nice. You never see his face. You never hear his voice. They tease. They have this really cool element where Doug Stamper is listening to a, a journal of, of that, that, that Frank has left behind because Frank's dead at this point. Mm-hmm. And he's giving Frank Underwood quotes from previous season. But it's through like he's like uh He's like Joseph Smith translating the golden plates. Like you never hear Frank's, you never hear Kevin Spacey's voice. It's Is it uh, like somebody reading the autobiography. Or, it's like he's got earbuds in and he's Spacey? saying like what he's hearing through the earbuds. Like if Frank Underwood's oh, private electric drive, but, and, and like a hmm. couple times like Claire goes, but it's like the show treats it. Like if Kevin Spacey was heard or seen the, sh- the, the universe would explode. Good. And, yeah. No good. Yeah. 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 Um, this is a firm number one for me, but do, I still think that Kevin Spacey is like, I, cause I think of like, and maybe society's changed and this is good, but like Mel Gibson, who maybe he's an out, al- maybe he's an alcoholic. Maybe he is on drug. Maybe he has some mental health problems that lead him to rant and rave about the Jews and, you know, women and race mixing and whatnot. Who? And, what? Uh, Mel Gibson. Oh, Jesus. like all the times okay. that he's gotten in trouble. Yeah. Um, and how many his times, career has never really and, recovered. And Woody Allen, like I see some of the shit and Roland Polanski, some of the shit that these pull and, and the people that stand up for them. And I'm like, I I could see five years from now, like people be like, oh, how bad was? And you know, maybe that kid, like, like they're just, I I that's the scary thing. Like I, I he's dead to me, but I don't know that he'll be dead to to pop, America's pop culture because so, he was really good in The Usual Suspects. I think I <laughs> I think the way I'm hoping society progresses is that essentially liberal demographics have become the Christian demographics from 20 years ago mm. in that like they get in a fervor and they right. write you know they write to their lawmakers they right. write to media companies and say they, they you're doing something i hate huge pressure and if you don't stop it right now yeah. we're going to abandon you i feel like there's the liberal demographic that is becoming that mm-hmm. where like there is huge pressure on these companies to not tolerate someone like kevin spacey to not yeah. give him handouts and it would take a company of severely stern backbone yeah in the wrong direction in my opinion right to 
to eschew that, eschew that. Mm-hmm. Eschew, I don't know how to say that word. Yeah. Eschew. Uh, and just say, look, we're going to hire Kevin Spacey because we know there's a huge segment of the population that still right. that doesn't give a shit about right. all that stuff and I really mean, you wants can see to like see like a trauma movies. studio type of like right. doing some kind of zombie or if, thing like, with them. Breitbart or... got into the media game, like the, yeah. the entertainment game, which they kind of already are. Yeah, but. right. But you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. That segment of society could still prop Kevin Spacey up, but I hope there would be huge backlash for them. Yeah, and that's the that's the argument about, like, the thing about, like, well, doesn't Lucy K deserve a voice? And I'm like, does he? Because it's... who he's, These guys are all rich and super powerful, and, like, if they have to go... If they have to just ponder their life's choices in their Malibu mansions the rest of their life, <laughs> that's not... This isn't like, you know, it's not unfair. Yeah, this isn't a construction worker got his back broke in a trench. and He's going to get 50 grand for it and then have to feed his family the rest of his life. Like, that's what really frustrated me. And sometimes like on the forums of Bald Move is like this, this same shit happened like five times this last year. And there's always people and I understand it. I understand like it's that that's the, the trying to find the. The both side, like what the 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 problems, like we're trying to find the middle position, right? But some of this stuff is like, why are we trying to like Louis C.K. did he he made he made women he he masturbated in front of women that didn't consent, made them feel real uncomfortable, and hurt their careers. Okay, yeah, didn't kill anybody, didn't even rape anybody. But this man's got hundreds of millions, got tens of millions of dollars in the bank. His kids are going to be fine. He's going to be fine. Maybe goes away. Yeah, until he can until he can crawl out in the desert and find a way to be relevant. In a way that's not super offensive. Maybe Kevin maybe Hart. Maybe that's not an influence we want in our culture. Right. Maybe Kevin Hart, his he's going to be wealthy. His like in Roseanne Barr, she's got tons of money. James Gunn, he got her, like I think he's the roughest of these types. But he's mm-hmm. he fucking. I think probably Disney has to still pay him his contract for oh, Guardians yeah. Three. Oh, like, yeah. let's find other targets to be sympathy. These guys can handle themselves. They're like like uh like for example um. Uh, who's the the who's the uh, nerdist podcast? Chris uh, Hardwick. Hardwick, yeah. He kind of had like the opposite, where like I felt like he got railroaded by a woman. Um, and this is from what I remember, and there was an investigation. It turned out he was vindicated. Yes, hmm. because Chris Hardwick is super rich. If there's even a shred to his size of his case or doubt, his lawyers will find it and he'll be fine. Like, these guys are fine. That's my position. Right. These guys are fine. They can only... That's like, this isn't career murder. This is career suicide because only they can bring themselves down. Yeah. All no, right. That's fair. So that's uh, that's worse career suicide. Uh, Kevin Spacey. I, so we're not going to rank these just... Kevin Spacey. The I think top, Kevin I Spacey think. wins. I think he might be the emeritus award because I don't think they'll <laughs> ever be. It's hard. To Look, find. I think I didn't rape him, but if I did, would it be so? Wouldn't it make me even cooler? Right. I don't think we'll ever see <laughs> Jesus. a Hollywood level production yeah. with lighting and sound and music and editing and a script. I don't think we'll ever see that again. So this might be the Kevin Spacey yeah. career suicide and a award. lifted character. Does he even have right. the, the copyright to do like, this? Could shit? Will like, Bowman like yes, just copyright strike him. him? Like this is not your character to fuck with. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. I. Yeah. Bah. That's fucked up from every angle. Goodbye, right. Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Good we, we hardly knew you, and wish we didn't. So this is worst disappointment. Mm-hmm. These are the things that happened in 2018 that we didn't live up to our expectations. Uh, First up, Baldy is 2017. Uh, no. <laughs> no, we do have one on the list here, though. Bald Move Christmas, which we we'll eh, get had to. a whole thing planned. And we'll get to it. It would have been fun. We'll get to it. It still might be fun. Yeah, um, it won't be fun. 
So we got right now we got Star Trek Discovery, Fahrenheit 451, Oceans 8, Pacific Rim Uprising, Netflix shit canning their Marvel division, Westworld Season 2, The Romanoffs, Bald Move Christmas, uh, Mandy, Bad Times at the El Royale, and Mary Poppins Returns, which some of these things are going to be controversial because this is our this is our subjective opinion. Some of these I haven't seen. Some of these you haven't seen. Yep. Uh, I don't think there's anything on here that I haven't seen. Actually. Fahrenheit 451. Oh, you're right. You're right. And I, I haven't seen Mary Poppins Returns. So. Okay. Um, so let's just talk to Star Trek Disco. I don't think this can be the worst disappointment because this is this is not close to being the worst Star Trek premiere of all time. No, no. In it's fact, on here because we want to talk. Some of this stuff is just on here because we want to talk about it. Like Mandy. Yeah. Is going to be an interesting one. I would say this might be the best Star Trek debut of all time. Name a better one. Because That's we've already established that the old series pilot was so bad they reshot it. And it the the reshot one was just okay. The next the generation Star Trek re movie reboots. The next generation uh best debut. Like maybe Encounter Firepoint isn't the worst thing in season one, but season one's garbage. Uh Deep Space Nine, maybe, maybe best pilot, maybe could be best pilot, because it had the you know uh, pilot. The pilot's actually really good. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It, it might might be the best Trek pilot of all time. Voyager garbage. Uh, Enterprise. I thought gar- I, I actually watched that. Thought was garbage. So mm-hmm. this is one or two of the best. So it can't. How can it possibly be disappointing? Yeah, I think this can go to the bottom of the list immediately. Yeah. Uh, and are we starting at the bottom of the list, or is did this one just catch your eye? And I just it was the first one. Okay, like we 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 talked about them all, and then or we 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 went through them. Um, okay, so is that how you want to go bottom up or top top down? Oh, we do, I don't know. We seem to pick arbitrarily depending okay. on the category. So whatever. Well, let's let's start at the bottoms. Uh, Mary Poppins returns. You didn't see this. How was this bad? How was this bad? Lin Manuel Miranda and fucking what's her name? uh emily blunt emily blunt how could this be bad i don't honestly know beloved it had to actually i do know dick van dyke in it yeah the yes how the fuck is this bad uh because the original is still very magical and whimsical Mm -hmm. and looks great and is extremely winsome and a, a delight uh visual and audio delight too long the original Mary Poppins is over two and a half hours long, and Shit. there's uh, some, some some fat that could be trimmed in there. But the worst problem that Mary Poppins tries to solve is her the the children's father being too preoccupied with making money, and he doesn't give his family the 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 love and attention that they deserve. That's the stakes, okay? In this movie, the stakes are the children have lost their mother, their father is destitute and about to lose their childhood home, and the world is going through the Great Depression. And Mary Poppins has a hard time pish-poshing her way through that mess. She just really does. And Lin-Manuel, like, also, like, the, the other thing is... Dick Van Dyke, I, I I I could be wrong on this, but I always interpreted Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins as being like this kind of like masculine and feminine like chaos spirits, and they are in lo- they are kind of in love the way the sun is in love with the moon and vice versa. It's kind of like subtext and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Lin Manuel is essentially the Dick Van Dark uh, Dick Van Dyke character, but he is a mortal man and he's in love with this mortal woman. 
and there is no like real pop between Mary. There is no like any kind of like interesting tension or pop with Mary Poppins herself. I could go on and on about why this movie disappointed me, but huh. people whose res- opinion I respect, admire, fucking loved it and think I'm crazy. So I feel like I'm a kind of kicking a puppy. But I think uh, I made the mistake of literally watching the original Mary Poppins, getting up, eating Chinese food, and going to see the new one, and I was really, really disappointed. So big disappointment for me. But I feel like it's a it's it's you, you you're not getting anything from it, and maybe it's just me. So bad times, at El Royale. I mean, you you dislike this movie more than I did. I just thought this movie had no reason to be made. It was it's it's slick and stylish and idea and content free. So I'm judging a lot of these based on what the trailer gave me the impression the movie would be, mm-hmm. and then what the movie actually turned out to be, yeah. uh, which is going to be a big argument for Mandy. Uh, <laughs> Bad Times at El Royale had a little bit of that going on. Like I thought it was going to be. A little bit different, given the trailer. Um, although I wasn't quite sure what it should be, so it's not as like a severe drop off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, I, I thought it was quite a bit of fun, though. Hmm. Um, I, I forget what your your objections with it were. I just thought none. It it kind it kind of felt like a a, a a bad Quentin Tarantino film, where it's very stylish and very cool, and had some isolated good p- p- bits of dialogue, but the. The story itself never came together, you know. There mm-hmm. wasn't a like a like a, a person who I'm like. I guess you know. Obviously, I was rooting for the the singer. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, she's great. She is great, and that's the best part of the movie. But yeah, I I don't, I don't know. There was just something like I I didn't connect to it. I was excited to see it though, and I just remember like oh midway through the movie like oh this just isn't going to come together, and then I thought the ending was super silly and the bellhop character days pulled like a fucking 180 on that thing with very little development mm-hmm. and they pulled uh you and, and there's a lot of stuff in it. like uh is, is it Jeff Bridges mm-hmm. uh is is doing good stuff John Hamm is doing good stuff uh Chris Hemsworth does not work at all as this crazy cult leader and every time they cut away to do that part of the story and to deal with Dakota Johnson's like sister, yeah. like the movie just shit the bed. And so by the end of it, yeah, I wasn't engaged with hardly any of the main characters except for one. And I don't know. I'll, I'll give you that. I felt like the the bellhop thing not not as developed as it could have been. Um, and I feel like there was a super compelling story there to be told. Uh. And then, yeah, Chris Hemsworth part. I, I expected him to be in it more, I guess. Uh, and you're you're right. Every time they cut away to his stuff, I was I was feeling like, man, I wish I could just see more of what's going on at the hotel. I think this is a bit, this is a boring version of Mandy, honestly. <laughs> okay, uh, shall, I think Mandy's a boring version of Mandy. <laughs> shall we move into Mandy? Yeah, because I I will grant you every single criticism <laughs> that you'll say about this movie, and you know what they are because I said them in the first podcast and a couple of times since but i will defend it because this movie is just on a whole other level visually and Mm -hmm. auditorially and uh i think that the if it didn't have the first half where you actually cared about nicholas cage and his i really found uh his girlfriend interesting and appealing Hmm. uh if you didn't if you didn't buy on that then like the second half is just 
stupid schlock, which has its place. But yeah. to me, that elevated it. Like, I really, really liked Mandy, and I want to see it again. I want to watch the comment, the director's commentary. Um, I want to see it again, but I really, really disliked Mandy. Hmm. Uh, I it, it was the disparity between you were expecting the trailer, all second half. I was expecting, yeah, like a a small dose of second half leading up into a full dose of second half. Uh-huh. And what I got was a very partitioned movie um, that didn't live up to the expectations that the trailer set for me. Hmm. So that's why it's on this list as worst disappointment, because if they had put out a trailer that, you know, that fell more in line with the expectations I should have had going into that movie... Hmm. I don't think it would be as disappointing. See, I guess I baked in the fact that this was going to be an art house version of whatever it was going to be. So I kind of was a little bit op- more open to some of the crazier things we're doing and mm-hmm. fully delighted. Like the scene where his girlfriend gets dosed by the cult leaders with these powerful, yeah, fantastic designer narcotics. Like just a vi- like, I don't like shit. I felt like maybe someone laced my popcorn with something with some of the shit I was seeing and the processes and the audio processing that they did um, to where like, I actually thought when they got to like just the insane ultra violence at the end, some of that seemed pedestrian by comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like uh, it, this, this idea of Nick cage going on this psycho uh, revenge bender fully dosed on these powerful narcotics. Mm-hmm. So like all that shit is like, it's, it's like uh, an incredibly ultra violent version of uh fear and loathing in Las Vegas. I digged it. And I think that Nick Cage is the only guy that could have played it. So, so here's the thing. I think they cast Nick Cage in the wrong role. I think as the cult leader, he's much, much better. <sighs> Boy, uh, the guy that and is I, the cult leader is so good though. Not, so there are times when I think this cult leader is bad. Uh-huh. Uh, like the, when you first meet this cult leader and he's laying in bed and he's, his acting is just so over the top and uh-huh. not in a, like, look, I get it. He's a crazy character, but not, he's not crazy in a believable way in those. Really? Scenes. He felt like a cult. It felt like uh, a cult. He felt like a cult leader to me at times. Yeah. He felt that way to me too, but he's just got this mag- at times. He felt like yeah. this is a person overacting. Yeah. Um, and, and so like that left a bad taste in my mouth for the rest of the, the movie and by the time we got to the parts where I heard, hey, Nicolas Cage actually was asked to play this guy, this mm-hmm. cult leader, instead of the character that he ended up playing, I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a perfect fit for Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. And it left me disappointed that we didn't get to see that version of the movie. I'm really curious to see this director whose name escapes me. He's got a really interesting name. Um, yeah. I I am curious to see what he does next. And mm-hmm. I really, really want to see his first film. Which, yeah, I mean which people say is as another kind of trippy thing. So. This by all accounts, I think was a hit. Like everybody who I hear my, yeah. talking about this movie talks about it pretty positively. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm an exception. Media guys dug it. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm excited to see it again. And I excited to see this guy's more work. I, I don't think this, I, I, to me, this shouldn't be on the disappointing list, but right. I'm on a half a bald move. So yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to uh less controversial ground the bald move christmas for 2018 boy we i feel huh. like we really fucked up and just and, and let you guys down and the i don't think i've ever felt with the bald move family a disparity between what i thought would happen and what actually happened hmm. um because and i i mean we could we could probably we probably should do an empire business like a post-mortem of all this but like we had ta- we had gotten 
uh, a head start on a project. It was ambitious. We had a lot of fun writing it, envisioning it. I thought our execution was above yeah. average. We actually did a better job of what we were trying to do than I thought we'd do. Yeah. Unfortunately, nobody wanted to see a sequence of one minute long vignettes where Paul Giamatti loses his mind as he's trying to plan a Christmas Broadway spe- spectacular. How are we to know? Yeah. Like I thought the, uh, the whole Baldwin family was in on the Giamatti stuff. Cause it'd been like something building when the quips and then mm-hmm. I forget how, but like, you know, someone sent us a fucking cardboard Giamatti and people like that. And like, uh, there we got sent Giamatti masks and there was a t-shirt and there's like all this stuff. And I thought it would be, and and the thing is, is like we could have done uh, one of our other ideas. It was essentially just a different branded version of what we did the year before, and people would have loved it. And that's what really mm. sucked, right? Like we could have done yeah. a, a, a tenth of the work right, and gotten right. twice the, the delight of the, cl- of, of the and club we, member. We are learning our lessons for 2019. Yeah. Let me say that. Yeah. Uh, look forward to a 2019 Christmas event that is probably more of what you actually want. Yeah. And less work for us. Yeah. Uh, so, but, um, I mean, like I said, I, I, I felt like I learned a lot about filmmaking. Um, mm-hmm. And you probably... Yeah, you handled basically all of the shooting of that. Like, yeah, like and, doing green screen and, like, the vagaries of it and, like, you know, doing, like, ra- rapidly iteration, iterating different things. Uh, mm-hmm. I really liked the challenge of... Because writing, like... It's so weird that like I really enjoyed the the challenge of writing to that particular like poem structure. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that if we were just writing something, it would have been harder because like having this artificial constraint, you had to like, well, this is the things you have to do. This is the conventions, and yeah, um, you, you think it, that would make it harder, but I felt like it made it easier because we've always like mm-hmm. I I when we started this, I thought what's going to happen is we're going to stall out halfway through the planning process. And we're going to bail to one of the easier to execute things. Like, Man, we do a lot. That's the thing that I feel the best about. Yeah. Like, we fucking did it. Yeah. We proved to ourselves that we can do a big project if we put our minds that to no it one and likes. we commit to it. <laughs> now, yeah. I mean, look, this one didn't hit, right? Yeah. yeah. I- I'm not saying that Bald Move will never do another big project, but like, I. I- I think we impressed ourselves mm-hmm. by just finishing that fucking thing. Yeah, no, every time there and you got done with a new day, I was delighted to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Because I I like I that like when I just read through the script when we had finished it, I I laughed a lot. And then when I was like, because I did a lot of the pre-production, like trying to find different like Giamatti expressions and this mm-hmm. and that. And I thought some of that's like, oh my God, this is gonna be funny. And then how they it all came together. Uh with the music and the animation, crude though it may be, uh I, yeah, I I I thought it was a it, I was proud of of what what we did, but yeah. it 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 did not have it's it's a worst disappointment to the Baldwin family to, uh, to the top, or does this get eliminated because it's not really a no? I mean, it, I think it's it should be it should it should be a top five for sure. All right, let's take uh, it to the top. Okay, all right, take it to the top. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the Romanovs. Oh fuck me! This, take it to the top. Take it to the top. Take I mean, it to the top, dude. I, Two episodes in, I was feeling like, are you fucking kidding me? I have to sit through another 12 hours of this because every single episode was at least an hour and a half. And it's shockingly bad, not just from an idea perspective, but from a a lot of the performances. The editing and dialogue were embarrassing in places. And I bet most of you are like, what the fuck is a Romanovs and why is it disappointing? 
because it has the pedigree of the creator of Mad Men behind it. Yeah, Matthew Weiner, staff writer of Sopranos, uh, creator of one of my favorite shows ever, Top 5 Mad Men, who nails characters mm-hmm. and real situations and, 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 and quiet dialogue moments and, and quiet. yeah and this is this is a showcase for that or it's an anthology he could have done anything with it loosely connected his romanoff's idea and it's just bad it's really bad it's the, bad it made me feel bad uh, for matthew weiner and the, and and people were yeah. savaging him rightfully so because you know i guess i got can can relate because i maybe this is something he was really proud of and he really yeah. paused like this is going to be like this is my my statement on the current state of american life and everybody's like it's shitty boo you did a bad job <laughs> you're old get yeah. out of here Critical, nobody values panned, your opinion anymore panned across the board so yeah and it was awful it was an awful experience covering it yeah uh because we were doing it simultaneously with the deuce which was one of the best shows on yep, television that yep. year and then when it was just the romanos we were super busy with christmas stuff so it was kind uh-huh. of like on our way and it was not fun because i don't we i don't like shitting on stuff that matthew weiner does matthew i don't like Weiner shitting does. on stuff period for yeah. the most part like yeah occasionally a movie that everybody knows is bad it's fun. right you but, can roll up your sleeves and really go to work on but how many times did we discuss should we continue covering the show like every every episode <laughs> from like three to like where we got to like six and like there's only two left we'd be dumb <laughs> right. plus and, and we could see every week the traffic was dropping plus, on plus the other thing is that like there was always the possibility that maybe the last two or three episodes would tie the room together yeah because like they weren't there was like I think one or two episodes that were truly awful, mm-hmm. but everyone had kind of like okay if you step back and see from this certain angle maybe it had something to recommend it, recommend it and then maybe if there's something that like he really ties like you said the the, the room together or the rug or something but the Romanoffs together yeah he fucking didn't he mm-hmm. just didn't uh, this is a bad this is bad definitely deserves a, a, a slot at the top uh, Westworld season oh, two no Westworld season two is also very bad. Uh, they doubled down on their what's Defiantly. real, what isn't, yeah. timeline uh, fuckery mm-hmm. in the worst way possible, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, it was the least compelling thing about season one, and they doubled down on it. Made Dolores unlikable yeah. and uh, one-dimensional. Uh, mm-hmm. I still, like, there's a couple some people... Some poor staging of, of battle scenes, some really oh, completely anything, god-awful decisions by characters. Anything that wasn't about the psychological masturbation of androids, they gave zero shits about. Yeah. Tactics, strategy, logistics. I, I can't tell you how much, to this day, I still hate that scene with Angela in the oh my fucking God, server yes. room. Oh, my God, with that security guy. Yeah. Uh, that makes me angry thinking about it right like now. These robots weren't smart or clever. The humans are unfathomably dumb and yeah. evil. And yeah, uh, it's yeah, it I mean, I hesitate to say it's a bad show because there is a couple episodes like the mm-hmm. the episode about uh, uh, um, Maeve and, and Akichita or Akichita had both a couple of good episodes like that. Yes. That Japanese. I like Shogun inspired, World. Inspired. Yeah. Um, uh, I liked. I forget what the Kichita episode was too, but there, those were beautiful. Yeah, 
beautiful. They were, they were character studies. Like those character, are the yes. Those are the fucking things that bring boys to the yard. Like with with honestly, that were like going back to like a robot struggling with understanding what it means to be a creation and and, mm-hmm. and meeting your creator, which is stuff they couldn't do this season because all of the other robots had gone through this arc, but they could still do it a little bit with Maeve and like Akicha and all these. And those mm-hmm. are the best parts. Obviously, the other stuff just. I mean, it's because they, 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 man, I don't even, because it almost exposes a fatal flaw. Because if they don't get the humanity, mm-hmm. uh, if they don't have something compelling for the humans to actually do, um, to, to serve as an opposition to these, these robots or, or even allies to them, mm-hmm. then it's, it's only half a show. Yeah. So I, yeah. Um, at the same time, I mean, some of the visuals in this show are stunning. And the um, stuff with uh, J- Jimmy Simpson's dad. Yeah, J- James. Uh, we're all the way down now. Hey, there was yeah, some really Dallas. good, really good stuff in isolation. Yeah. It's just did not like like season one of the Westworld was so good, and it was an exclamation point at the end. And this show was fucking stuck in like the the four hours after mm-hmm. season one, and it couldn't progress past that. And I don't know. Maybe season uh, I, I think season three does seem like it's it's opening up the world in a in a much bigger way. Yeah, the end the way season two ends. Yeah, there are a lot of possibilities here. I'm curious to see where they go with it. But but this to, to me this is exactly is the same great. thing in in that that Mr. Robot season two went through where the creator maybe got a little too full of himself, maybe got a little too ambitious, uh, maybe didn't have like. I also think a story of seasons is like they only had about a half season's worth of story. They had to wrap up Westworld to get to the next stage two phase, but mm-hmm. they didn't quite have enough material in this exact same way to Mr. Robot season two. I felt like felt like a half a season that they had to pad out because what do you do? And it's so funny you expanse because it, man, dude, the yeah. expanse is the blueprint. When you have a problem <laughs> like that, power through it. You fucking you you strip this. You strip. You take the five episodes down to three, and then you squeeze the next season in, and it you, worked. You only keep the best stuff, and yes. like you don't navel gaze. Yes, in a, in a show that. <sighs> Because I felt like that there was this hesitation that to start a new like you you yeah. got to finish something you have to have a start and end and I felt like the expanse said fuck that if the uh-huh. shit's hot people will 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 put up with a double premiere and double finale in a single se- uh, uh, season yeah so ah uh, yeah yeah you expanse it for sure uh, Netflix shit canning the Marvel division this sucks especially with like Daredevil coming back to form. Daredevil's uh, bet as good as it ever is. Uh, some yeah, of these I'm ten episodes into that, and I'm loving it. Yeah, and like some of the like <sighs> Netflix's Marvel pro- always had problems because they're always bloated. Like yeah. it very rarely, uh, and season three Daredevil might be the only exception that it feel like you had more than eight to ten episodes worth of good content. Mm-hmm. Um, and they could have. If they, I think they could have with some of the shows, especially Daredevil and Jessica Jones, they could have like Gangster of the Week it, where they just like, okay, this episode's going to be about Jessica investigating. It's, it's we're going to go away from the Purple Man, we're going to go away from this other thing. She's just going to investigate this one thing. Luke Cage the same way. Yeah, and Star they, Trek does that, and they didn't. They didn't. Instead, they just padded out the existing plot, and mm-hmm. sometimes this leads to. Uh, unfortunately, season two, The Punisher suffers from a big one where yeah. it's like this season could have ended in episode seven, but we're not going to for the stupidest possible way. <laughs> Tune into Ball Move Two. You've already seen it. You've yeah. already you've already heard our opinion on that. Yeah, that, yeah. At, at this point. But like, 
but still, there was enough good. It, it breaks my heart that I'm never going to see Tom Holland with uh, Charlie Cox's Daredevil. Yeah, that's a great pair. Like Charlie Cox has a great Daredevil. John Bernthal has a great Punisher, and these characters are just going to be lost like tears in the fucking rain because Walt Disney is the 800 pound gorilla and mm-hmm. wants everyone to come to them for every streaming right you could possibly imagine. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I totally get it, but it sucks for a viewer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because especially especially Daredevil, because it's going out uh, on 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 top. Um, so seven, six, and seven need to go up higher, probably. Yeah. Let's, let's move those to the top temporarily. Okay. I'm not above Romanovs. Okay. Obviously. Yeah, Romanovs. I don't know how <laughs> Romanovs doesn't win. We'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, Pacific Rim Uprising. This is just a bad movie. Follow up of a surprisingly fun genre picture. Yeah. How, how do you fuck up big monsters and big robots? Um, I think all the twelve-year-old boys in the world, mine included, uh, loved it, but they lost the 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 older, more sophisticated crowd that goes to see robot monster movies. Here's the thing: I don't even remember this movie, which is probably the most damning yeah. thing I could say about it. Yeah, it's completely forgettable. It wasted John Boyega, who uh-huh. I think actually was a pretty like that could have. You know, him being Stringer Bell's son should have been cooler. Mm-hmm. Uh, that should have been, a, but it just didn't take itself seriously. They tried to like throw in a bunch of like the kid character. I, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. Yeah. This is the one where she's like building a fucking. Yeah. Scrap bot. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And gets chased by the, the bigger police bots. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow the robots end up launched in the orbit and they fall back down onto a volcano. It's it's a mess. It's a mess. But the thing is, it's is it really a worse disappointment? Oh, and Charlie Day and the the not oh Jesus not, not he's, fuck, he's fucking a brains uh, 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 one of the monsters brain cells. Uh huh. And he goes, it it turns him evil. Yeah. yeah I, oof. Yeah, it's bad. Oof. It's real bad. And it's ugly. It's not very good looking, <laughs> effects wise. Does it suffer from like Transformers syndrome? Is it like too much? in the effects department or yeah just kind of lazy stage like action like beep like the the in movies like a 15 minute action sequence that has no stakes no intensity you know and and yeah. uh, that's transformers yeah you've got 20 minutes of action that you don't give a shit about yep and it's boring all right let's take it on up uh, uh but that's the thing like i don't how disappointing can it be i guess i expected it to be fun and it wasn't so mm-hmm. but like it's not more. Uh, it's going to stop. I, it can't be more disappointing in Westworld season two. No, no, no. Uh, I would take it to above the stuff that we haven't talked about yet. Okay, more disappointing. Bald Man um, Christmas. I mean, did, we didn't really move around Mandy or Bad Times or no any of those. Did you think we should or? I have a hard time because, like, I think I know Mandy's we were probably not going to. We were because... conflicted because I really like Mandy. You didn't. I really you you like Bad Times. I was more, more than positive me. on Bad Times. And then you haven't seen Mary Poppins and Star Trek Disco. Right. We agreed can't okay. really. So like, yeah, I'm cool with them being down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen Ocean's Eight. What what is this all Ocean's about? Ocean's Eight what it is, is but... the epitome of like it should have been great. It's a great idea. Uh, Sandra Buttocks, Sandra Buttocks, uh, leading and uh, playing George Clooney and Galadriel, uh, last of the Elf Queens is is <laughs> last of the elf queens what is that a reference to uh fellowship of the ring uh kate blanchett Liv tyler kate blanchett <laughs> okay uh it, it's got a it's got a great cast it's just they I, I yeah it's you know the these oceans 11s lived and die on the schemes and the scheme wasn't that great 
and wasn't that exciting and it felt a little bit late like even more lazy indulgent than the oceans other films do uh which is is already pretty kind of lazy and indulgent and i don't know i just is is a disappointment not a great disappointment i think it's fine where it's at but it was disappointing it should have been better um fahrenheit 451 i did not see this but I was very surprised to hear you see Michael B. Jordan and Michael Shannon shit to bed adapting what should be, I think, an important film to adapt right now. You want to talk about that a little bit? I'm struggling to remember it. Uh, I mean, I, I remember key scenes. And I remember stuff about. Have you, know, you read birds the books? Because like, that's the thing. I've I've read I the books the book several times by Bradbury. I've never seen an adaptation of it. I know there's there was one that existed that was like a, from the 70s or 80s. Huh. Uh, but we might have to pull this one because I don't like this is one that I kind of background watched and I don't okay. remember it well enough. Let's just do that to then. really make a solid because I for never it. heard that I didn't hear it as bad, just that it wasn't great. And I don't think that's a big disappointment. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Although, unless, if you have like super high expectations, it could be. Yeah. Uh, okay, so oh, let's dude. uh, let's let's are we kind of okay? Romanovs, I'm more than fine with leaving it That's to be number one 100%. At the it top, was yeah. shocking how there wasn't really a even a good episode, yeah. Uh, I mean, I tr- I mean, I think the best one is the haunted episode, you might think the best one is the cruise episode, but or maybe the the going to Russia to adopt a kid episode that was yeah like like it's pretty good and we even talked like if, the, if that was the worst episode yeah. then we're totally different on the but those were the these are best episodes that felt like they should be the the, the worst episodes in a in a, a, a you know a Matt a Matt Weiner run so mm-hmm. it's clearly the number one for me uh try to think um you're right How about ball, two and three two and three Shit, coming to Marvel Division. Um, the problem with that is, I feel like there's a little bit of crocodile tears on your part because you never really cared about any of this shit except for Daredevil and Punisher. So we're talking about. Uh, I, I mostly like Jessica Jones. I think her friend, the the shit but you with stopped, her friend, you never watched season middle. two. You didn't. You didn't get right, into Luke Cage. You didn't get in Iron Fist. You didn't check out Defenders. Mm-hmm. Like it's, um, and I I feel like. Iron Fist kind of killed this already because that made the Defenders not really work. Uh-huh. Um, and it also, and, and I think it also kind of, Daredevil Season 2 is saddled with setting up a lot of the stuff that was going on there. Mm. And, uh, like, that's that's a big, that, 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 that was a big, big misstep. And so... Uh, what a, what a value is being lost here. I feel like ch- essentially we're losing two and a half good shows and they were even at their best uneven so number two like i think westworld's more disappointing yeah I, i'm in favor of swapping this okay uh but i think that's kind of where the buck stops with netflix um, i think a number three is pretty we, solid given what i'm looking at here are we trying to because uh, um, i my expectations were not as high for pacific rim are we trying to get the, to a top five because I feel I like Pacific so. Rim is a problem. Because who cares? Right. That's that's my point. Like who cares? And I'm trying um, to find something where we could find common ground on, and there's just there isn't much. Yeah, I mean the Romanovs. Can we list it twice? <laughs> can we list it <laughs> Romanovs eight times for the? Wasn't it eight hours of television we had to, to watch? And I want every one of those hours back. Holy shit! Oh, it was more than eight hours. Every single episode was an hour oh, and yeah, a half. You're right. It was, it was a lot at least of twelve. There's a lot of television. 
um, a lot of a lot of bad television. What we could do is we could potentially list uh, Mary it, Poppins higher because you're pretty negative about on the, that. The Romanoffs is I'm pretty sure it's also just an expensive vacation write off. Yeah, yeah, because this fucker went to France to and Mexico Machu City yeah. and Moscow, <laughs> and he he trotted the globe. Yeah. Got some scenes in Asia that they 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 tried to justify. It's it's oh man, he took Paris. Amazon for a oh, ride. he was and look at the places he was. I think staying. he spent like thirty million dollars on this show. Oh, fuck me. And twenty eight was Matthew Weiner's. Uh, twenty eight as Matthew Weiner's uh, fucking vacation. Uh, yeah, his travel, travel and lodging budget. budget. All right. Um, yeah, what are we going to elevate to get rid of Pacific Rim? I mean, you made a pretty strong case for Mary Poppins. Yeah, but it's very super. What is Mary Poppins on? It, we, you weren't going to say super califragilisticexpialidocious, were you? For what? How it, disappointed I was? To describe how disappointed you no, are? No, I wouldn't have done that. Oh, you should have. You should. I wouldn't have done that. Mary Poppins returns. Uh, what does Rotten Tomatoes say? Because I feel like this is in the high seventies. Um, and then it's like I don't. Yeah, it's it's seventy percent fresh. Okay. So, how, how fresh is the original Mary Poppins? Uh, ninety nine percent. It's practically perfect in every way, Jim. Uh, <laughs> See, that's did my they point do now. that? Oh, old shit, uh, Mary Poppins. Uh, I don't know. Um, Rotten Tomatoes. I think they have done. No, this rare. They, they, they ought to. Oh, have done. oh, they do. Nineteen sixty four, Mary Poppins. Uh, it's a hundred percent fresh. See, well, there you go. You lost thirty percent with forty eight reviews. Cut, count accounted uh, um so yeah i but, but how but, that, but that's so suck i mean because like i heard people saying like i fuck me and Cecily walked out and like i can't believe how fucking because there's a extensive sequences where lin-manuel miranda and emily blunt and the children are wearing literally just plain white fabric that they have printed clothes designs on so they're not actually costumes. They're wearing like jumpsuits that are printed to look like a fancy costumes. They give it like this kind of painterly quality, but it looks really cheap. It looks like they fucking inkjet printed some like like that kind of level of t-shirt. Like you get the white t-shirt and you can inkjet print on it, and it looks like. And I'm like these these costumes look so cheap and cheesy and so poorly integrated into the backgrounds, yet I saw people cite that as, like, one of their favorite parts and how imaginative and colorful it was. So it's like, fuck, man, maybe I don't know what a good Mary Poppins looks like. I heard people coming out of uh, Glass, like, fervently discussing the things they loved about it. Um, and I did not like. I that was surprised movie. that the the red letter media guys were uh, they they were more on my uh, uh, side of that. Where it's like I thought it was an ambitious and worthy fi- uh, attempt that just didn't come together, mm-hmm. and you just fucking hated it from from the <laughs> yeah. jump. So uh, uh, here here's why I'm trying to push Mary Poppins. Okay, because number five doesn't belong on this list. Yeah, uh, the worst disappointment. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's, it's going to be a, is this a user voted? I don't think this is a user voted category because I don't know what people would say. So I, I don't know. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get something to round out the top five. And oh, you're none trying to, of these others are you're really trying to starters. Get, you're, you're saying the ball move Christmas is just a joke. Yeah, essentially. Um, okay. Well then, I mean, do we just take that off and move up oceans eight or 
Yeah, I guess if you want, if you're against having the Baldwin Christmas on the list, then let's do Oceans. So that's the thing is, if it's not in the top five, it doesn't get mentioned in the ceremony, right? Like if it's like, so you don't want it to mention the ceremony. Oh, I mean, it, you want to talk about the Christmas thing? I just thought it'd be funny to take make a joke about it because, like, the other thing yeah. is, like, I'm not butt hurt. We about made our it. jokes like, do, here. Do you guys but... think that, like, I, I no, hope people no, no, don't no. think I... that we actually are our feelings are hurt. It's yeah. more of just like. I'm still proud of it. Your opinions be damned. Yeah. Like, I think it's awesome. It's it's more of like I won't huh, be doing it again. But I'm, I'm genuinely surprised that and and the people that got it like on the wavelength, I think really appreciated. But just yeah. like the percentage of people in the club that didn't was higher than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm not. I don't feel like I'm. I, I didn't like have a hard time getting out of bed for two weeks because of it. I'm not. It didn't, it didn't affect my mental well being. No, it was, it was good. Interesting, interesting fe- experiential feedback. Uh, okay, so, so if you want to leave it on there, we can leave it on there. I'm fine with that because I like Cause I don't feel strongly is, I, about I anything kinda, except Mandy, and I know you feel strongly the other way. I kind of so. want to take it out of the club and just release it as like that yeah. the, the final. Uh, I, I want to because I guess I would like more people to see it and enjoy it. Um, We've talked about plans to make that happen. It might just have to wait a while maybe a year later we do like a retrospective right. or, or right. we we give it away for free next christmas yeah i'm thinking a, to augment the 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 christmas the traditional we ball do. move christmas we do this year yeah this is yeah we we give away you know previous christmases the next christmas so you're a year behind like signing up for the club still matters but then mm-hmm. you get some you get a token you get you get some breadcrumbs some scraps from the table you're not a club member so we're, we are taking it out uh and putting in mary poppins up there or putting if, oceans eight yeah i mean if yeah if you if you want to take that out i'm cool with it if you want to leave it in i'm cool with it i don't feel like i can't feel strongly about oceans eight or mary poppins mm-hmm. the only one i would put on that top five list is mandy but i know you really don't want it on there yeah so um we're so kind of stuck on that one all right. Well, I guess if we're not going to direct people to go take a look at, give it as like a, a second look, like you know, try to make it a cult classic, because <laughs> maybe because that's the other thing is like, well, maybe it won't be appreciated at because like people wanted uh, something different from Christmas. They wanted you know something that wasn't that, but like maybe it'll be like as more and more people see it over the years, it will be appreciated as like a Star Wars holiday special level of that's that's the raw the that's, ironic that's, yeah. appreciation no 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 uh, i don't know i, don't I know. do think it works better released as one big package as opposed yeah. to individual days yeah uh which is the only way you can view it now uh-huh. I, t- I took down the individual days mm. uh, okay so yeah yeah people people will probably get it next christmas all right well if we don't if it doesn't make it onto this one then like if it doesn't make it on this category we're not going to talk about nivaldi's right uh so let's let's, let's do you want to do that Sure. All right. It's gone. So oceans of late. Oceans of late. Because I mean, all this is public. Like, hopefully, people will watch this stuff. Uh huh. Uh, and they'll get all that discussion here. Okay. I don't feel like we need to duplicate it. All duplicate right. our stupid joke. Well, then that's the worst disappointment. Number one, the Romanoffs. Number two, Westworld season two. Number three, Netflix shit canning the Marvel division. Number four, Pacific Rim uprising. Number five, Oceans eight uh real quick any any uh any buzz for uh stranger things not coming back this year or any of the other sh- like dis- being disappointed that the other shows the game of thrones didn't come back well, last year I, we knew that that wasn't a surprise yeah. but i was kind of actually surprised that we didn't get uh, mr robot 
Mr. Robot, I was a little bit surprised for, but I was, but, but Stranger Things, I was actually super surprised. And I'm also bummed that now it seems like we're going to get it in like the late spring, early summer, which I really liked the time and date it came out. It felt yeah. like, you know, this feels like a fall, early winter show, but, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, it seemed to be lining up the the setting of the show yeah with the actual release date which yeah. is weird i was then I, I i oh are they it, doing that is this supposed to be taking place in the summer yeah oh okay well then uh maybe it'll feel better once it comes out and we yeah. see it because it'd be weird we're to like, see oh, this kids, is a summer show. like going trick-or-treating in july yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know i don't think they're okay. gonna do that. well they do yeah if it's a summer if it's more of a everyone's got summer jobs and stuff uh-huh. then maybe that would be cool um, summer at the pool like maybe ooh. maybe dustin's a lifeguard yeah yeah i'd like to see that okay. all right <laughs> that's it worst disappointment 